Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lose the Cape podcast, episode 172. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back with you. You may have noticed we are taking a little bit less time in production of our podcast episodes these days. Certainly not because we don't have enough content or enough people wanting to be on the podcast or enough people that we want on the podcast, but mostly just this is a super busy season of life for both Nancy and I, who both have three kids in the 12 and under age range, and um, life has been a little bit nutty in the past few weeks and months. This interview today is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed going back through and re-listening while I edited last night. Um Uh, Daphne Huff is a fiction writer, but she's also created a space for mom writers to come together and support each other, which is obviously something as a writer myself that I love and adore. We had a great time talking with her about not only the expectations that come when you're trying to write and you have small children, but we also got a lot into expectations in the marriage and on balance in the house and on who's doing what and all kinds of fun things. So uh, whether you're a writer or not, I think you will enjoy this conversation. Um, It really doesn't matter what the thing is that you're doing, whether it's just trying to find time for your own um, hobby or enjoyment or trying to build a freelance business or trying to do something on the side or, like I said, just trying to find time for yourself. I think you'll identify largely with most of what we say and do in this podcast or just say, I guess we're not doing much in the podcast. But anyway, we hope that you will enjoy it. Please share this episode with your friends. If you love it, please subscribe to us on iTunes. And as always, we invite you to join us on Facebook in our private group called Your Mom Squad, where we have a safe place where we can discuss these issues that are that we talk about on our podcast that sometimes are just fun like today and are a resource and support, but other times are a lot more uh, controversial in nature. Either way, we'd love to see you there. Have a great day and enjoy the show. All right. Hey, hey, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf. And I'm Nancy Caviones. And together we are bringing you really whatever we feel like bringing you these days. <laughs> We, um, we, we, yes, we are trying our darndest to bring you content and guests who make you challenge the way you think about things, think about different perspectives, maybe bring you some voices that are different from what you would normally hear. But also we love to hold true to our longstanding tips, tools, and resources for busy moms and just things that may be of interest to you as a mom and as a woman. So today we are bringing you... Daphne Huff. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. She is a Capricorn, HR professional, <laughs> INTJ, mother, podcaster, runner, wife, writer, and yogi. And I love how she starts her bio with saying, in alphabetical order. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not one that's more important than the other. <laughs> right, exactly. She can drive a manual transmission and distrust people who enjoy raisin in their cookies. So I kind of like oatmeal raisin cookies. I just have to tell you that. 
Right okay. okay. But do you also like, but do you prefer, like, if you had the choice, would you choose that or chocolate chip? Chocolate chip every day. Okay. Then that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout her HR job and previous work in education in the arts, Daphne is passionate about encouraging inclusiveness and women's empowerment in both her work life and writing life. She's been running the podcast and online community Writer Life Mom since 2017, along with another amazing writer mom, Jennifer Frontera. In response to the clear need in the indie author space for writer moms to have their voices heard. So anybody who knows me would immediately understand why I am attracted to Daphne because (laughs) hers other than being a Capricorn because I am a Sagittarius but I have Mm -hmm. a sister who's a Capricorn so (laughs) Um, you know (laughs) like we are basically following very similar paths so Mm -hmm. we're very excited to have you here very excited to share this space with you and um and you know continue to do all that we can to open up the space for the voices that should be heard Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely something I, that's the entire reason I started Writer Mom Life. And when I got into the indie uh, sphere and everything, I published my first book in April of 2017. And I didn't, I wasn't in any Facebook groups. I wasn't in any, you know, membership sites or anything. And I just had maybe a couple, um, you know, a couple downloads from, from a couple different people, all men. And so it was like, okay, this is, you know, this is kind of cool listening to a few podcasts and then uh, pretty quickly realized this is so great, but where are the women? And then there's Joanna Penn, who's amazing, but also like, she'll be like, oh, I went to Venice for a week. And I'm like, that is not possible for me. (laughs) Thank you. And I, I love it. And I love that she is there. And, but at the same time, it was like, okay, or, or even they'd be talking and interviewing to other writers. And what I wanted to know when they said their mom um, was talk about that and they weren't. So I started one. And I, the only reason I even started it was because of, of Jennifer. When we met online, we had the same, um, how did I even find her? I think I found her. We had the, like the same title in, of one of our books or something. And I found her and yeah, something like that. So it was just like, oh, okay. And yeah, we connected and it's great. She's a Leo, not a so very good mix if we're going astrology um and so she's like oh yeah I've been thinking about that too and I was like okay well let's do it and I think individually we never would have done it we wouldn't have had the time or but you know she's been um really active in her like local sci-fi um fantasy community and going to all sorts of conferences so she's very um you know so she knows a lot more um has been writing a lot longer and then I kind of have that energy and, and just, you know, let's do this. <laughs> let's not wait. And so, uh, yeah, so we started Jan- July, 2017 and it's been growing from there. Yeah. It's been really fun. Well, before, um, before you forget after this, mm-hmm. I want you to go apply to, for the call for, or for the information for next year. Cause we're already mm-hmm. done with our speakers for this year, mm-hmm. but I okay. want to have you on the women in publishing side. Oh, awesome. That's our, yeah. the reason. That we- perfect fit. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> thank you. Your story on why you started Writer Mom Life is very yeah. similar to why I started the Women in Publishing Summit. Yeah. And that was, I was going out consuming all this information on writing and publishing. And I'm like, this is great, great information, but where are all the women? Because it's a bunch yeah. of white old men <laughs> or younger men in some cases. I'm yeah. like, a bunch of dudes. And, and they're not yeah. talking about the things that I'm interested in, like how mm-hmm. I find time to market this book while mm-hmm. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a three-year-old, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So that's awesome. I actually, um, totally off, well, not off subject. I actually just released the domain name yesterday of Mm -hmm. um, momswhowrite.net. Okay. Because at one point in time, I was going to try and do the whole 
moms who are writers type things. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, I'm already running to publishing <laughs> and a podcast and a blog. Yes. So let's, uh, we're just going to let that one go. And then I was like, yep. cause Daphne can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I am. I am trying and it's, it's through it. It's kind of a interesting, you know, when you have these ideas, you go looking for it. And I don't know whether it was just other things happened at the same time or as you know, the Google algorithms kind of pick up what you're interested in, they show you things, but I found, so there's writer moms Inc, which was another Facebook group. Um, so that was a Facebook group first. I was a, we were a podcast first and now we have a group and Instagram and all that. But yeah, so that was another group. And then through that group, I found someone who does the mom rights podcast, which is through author accelerator. I don't know if you're familiar with that one from Jenny something. There's no Jenny it's first name. Um, but so, um, Abby, she does that podcast and she lives really close to, well, she used to, she moved, but she lived like an hour away from me. And I was like, oh, let's, you know, let's meet up. Let's do a, you know, crossover. So just, you know, even starting to get into it, you think, oh, there's nothing, but there is a little bit. So it is growing and I'm just really excited to, seems like the right time, I guess. Yeah. So the more there is like, and I love, you know, whenever, um, like I had Autumn on the podcast talking about Writer Moms Inc. And whenever they have stuff. So I love all the cross promotion and just realizing you know, we're really focused on indie publishing and yeah. mom, um, uh, Writer Moms Inc. That is more focused just on everything and a little more focused on trad, I think. So just whatever you're interested in, I think there's different, you yeah. need different things and just recognizing that, that there's not going to be this one giant group that serves all women, all writers, all moms. So it's nice that there's so many right now that, that I'm able to talk about and share and learn about. So yeah, well, it's interesting. I think that um, a lot of things are happening. One, I think that, um, well, if you just look at the stats, I mean, 90% mm -hmm. of the world wants to write a book. So mm -hmm. everybody feels this desire to write. I mean, and you can almost say everybody. If 90% of the adults in the world want to write a book, then that's almost everybody, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. Well, at least tell their story. Or at yes. least tell their story, right? And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we have found that is so powerful through the people that we have worked with and through, um, I work 99% women writers and I'd mm -hmm. say 90% of them are mothers. And mm -hmm. it is that power of being able to share your story because that power of community, not feeling like you're all alone and all of it. I mean, that's why we started um, Lose the Cape. It started as a co-written book by me and another blogger named Carrie Rivera. And we were both blogging about life with three kids and how much we hated the mommy wars and mm -hmm. felt, you know, wanted a, to create a space where we could write a book that interviewed a whole bunch of different moms and showed them that you're still a good mom, even if you yeah. use a diaper <laughs> and I use a diaper that I, you know, <laughs> away. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I love it. And I love the community of, of writers in general, like writers, creatives mm -hmm. in general are super, they're just fun. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's it's different too. I think you can have mom friends, but as soon as you have that writer mom friend, it's like you totally get my life because it's one thing to say, like, and I feel bad too, some friends, um, since I started writing uh, a couple years ago, they're like, you use so much less. And I was like, I know, I'm really sorry, but like writer mom friends never say that. They're like, right. oh, can you come out Saturday? And I say no. So they're like, okay, that's right. fine. You know, so it's, so it's hard because you kind of have to balance that. They're all really excited for you. And I love having actually one of my best, um, you know, beta, she's even like an alpha reader. She reads everything, even the horrible first drafts. It's like that you're not supposed to show anyone, but I show her. And she's a friend from um, 
from when I lived abroad, but like, you know, uh, uh, she's, she's not a mom. She's just, you know, she was a single girl. So it's like woman. And, but she, so you still need that, but I think, but at the same time, when you need that, like, you know, this happened and this happened with my writing and this happened with the kid, then that's when you really need that, that community of writer moms who get a hundred percent what is happening in your life right now. (laughs) That's so true. I mean, just being able to share the camaraderie of, I was vacuuming and had this incredible idea for a blog post. And before I could even get to my computer to write anything down, um, the dog puked on the floor and <laughs> grab a handful of it. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> a different blog post was born, but yes. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I do. Seven you know, I know that um, you know other writer moms definitely are more understanding when they're like, "I need to blow you off because yeah. I have like exactly an hour to like write something down or write something mm-hmm. before I have to go get the kids." Yeah, yeah. It's very, very focused, really helps. Yeah. Even for moms that are not writers, when they tell me I I, I can't, I have this one friend who literally her only free time is like two or three hours on Saturday morning when her husband takes all four of her kids to the playground. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, I am not going to go over there and knock on her door and ask if she wants to have coffee because Mm -hmm. literally that's like her only time by herself. Yeah, and I think yeah. my mom can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, so it's it's a really great community to have um, supporting, and it's it's been really fun to see how it's been growing over the past few years. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I um, well, okay. So first of all, let's just let's talk about writer mom life for sure. um, for your tagline is giving indie author moms a voice, which is great. Mm-hmm. And you do you support um bloggers or people who want to write books or both or is it you know yeah so the interviews we interview uh also indie author moms so who are self-publishing books and it's focused uh, mainly on fiction just because that's what we write but then there have been a few nonfiction, and then usually those have come from blogging things like that and the focus is on the again it's on the indie author the self-publishing just because that's what we do and on the fiction because that's what we do so it's do what you know and then um the group and everything is is bigger and open to all writer moms and then my Instagram and Twitter too. It's all whoever um, is welcome to join, but it's uh, we folk decided for that on the interview just to kind of keep things uh, to limit. So as much as it's super, super, super niche, <laughs> like you're like, you know, of all the people, there aren't 8 million self-published authors, indie authors out there, but um, you know, and of those though, there are a lot of moms. So just kind of, you know, really focusing. And it's also, for giving the voice as well, it was also a lot of the, so in the groups, what I was finding too, and in the podcasts that I was listening to, it's great. They interview the big success stories and that's really great. But what we want to see, I think what I needed to see, especially at first was like earlier in this, in the, in the journey and what it does look like in those first few months after and how you, if you do do a great huge launch, how do you do that rather than, you know, people who are a couple of years ahead, um, who started publishing back when it was, um, a little bit different. And, and so from that too, it's people who have just launched their first book, people who are just still writing their first book. Um, this year I am doing a little bit more of those who have reached that kind of quote unquote, um, success. And I do use that in quotes because we, one of the questions I always ask is what's your definition of success? And what I was finding was for a lot of moms, it's not, you know, a lot of them don't need to make six figures because, you know, either um, spouse is working or, um, you know, for the life you live. So I live 
in the suburbs of Boston where you need yes. multiple <laughs> six figures to live in any kind of, you know, reasonable way. Um, versus, you know, someone I've, you know, one of my writer writing partners, she lives in Florida. So like for as much as I bought my house for it, I could buy like three down there. So it's, you know, her needs, you know, it's interesting. I think we're, we have the same income goal, but hers would be like a full-time income for her versus mine would be like, that would help me pay half of my mortgage. <laughs> so it's like, so, it's, and I have a full-time job and I'd never be able to quit that. That's not one of my goals because I would need to make so much from it that it's, yeah. you know, and I love my job. I work in HR, so I get to do all the talking to people and storytelling that I love Yeah. anyway, but it's, um, but yeah, so it's, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So focusing on indie authors and giving them the voice in the sense where our definition of success aren't going to be the same actually as, or might not be the same um, as a lot of older gentlemen. Uh, maybe there are different points in their lives. Uh, when the kids are young, you just want to spend that time with them. So we, we're not trying to write 14 hours a day. And every time that comes up in conferences, when I, you know, in the posts, in the different groups, if they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I did, you know, 20 books last year, but look at the fine print, you know, look at the asterisks and see by working 17 hours a day. And you're like, well, do you want to work 17 hours a day? <laughs> no. Well then don't, don't try to get, <laughs> I can, you know, I then that's fine. Work, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, so it's just kind of making sure that it's really aware of that work and not to, not to say that if you want that, you can't do it. Cause I mean, right. you know, you totally can. And that's why this year I wanted to try and interview more moms that are, do have that more financial success that a lot of people yeah. do want just to show what yeah. work it does take. And all of them, I've had a few actually say they don't want to be on the podcast because they say, no, my life is crazy. No one should have this life. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> interesting. And it's just interesting they think that. Yeah. You know, that people wouldn't want to hear that. Like, oh, no, I work all the time. No one wants to hear about that. And I was like, well, that's what it takes. That's what they should hear. So it's just kind of interesting that um, – that messaging and the social aspect and yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that you highlight that though, because mm -hmm. I think one of the things, so, um, you know, for anybody who only knows me as the lose the gate podcast co-host mm -hmm. and all the stuff that's going on, like my real job is a publisher mm -hmm. <laughs> I put, and uh, we see so much of this uh, coming out with our, with our clients that come to us with really un unrealistic expectations of book sales mm -hmm. and how much time they're going to have to send because the market is saturated with people selling this idea that you can write and publish your book over the weekend and make $10,000 mm -hmm. by Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I don't have enough time <laughs> in the day to explain to you why that's a very, very flawed um, concept because the people that are doing the, that, those things have millions of followers. So mm -hmm. they can do that. And oh, by the way, they probably spent $10,000 to make $10,000. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so anyway, the, my point is, I think it's fantastic that you provide because we, we really do. I mean, the, the reality is it's possible to make a lot of money oh, yeah. in writing. It's absolutely possible. It mm -hmm. is hard work, at least initially. Um, and, you know, there are ways that you can get to it where eventually it won't always be that way. But I think it's, it's important to showcase moms who, I mean, when, when I published my first book, which I happen to have right here, <laughs> just because I was, I was looking at it for something, but um, it was a passion project. Um, I had no goal to make any money from it because we had lost a child and it was a book for grieving parent, grieving mothers. And I just needed them to have this resource. Mm -hmm. um, but we, I was up at five o'clock in the morning before my children got up. I had at the time I started writing it, I had an 18 month old 
a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So mm -hmm. you know, I was writing when they were sleeping. I was writing after they went to bed. I was, and, and but people, moms need to know that that's what it takes. In yeah. some mm -hmm. It's not always that way. It's not mm -hmm. always that way. No, yeah. But I think just anyway, so to sum all of that up, like it's important to show the mm -hmm. real stories so that we can, and for you, you work a full-time job outside of the house. Like mm -hmm. obviously your fringe hours are when you're writing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think that people don't realize, you know, that there's like a certain amount of privilege involved in being able to like devote your entire day to writing a book, you know? <laughs> you, like if you're, I mean, you have to have a spouse that like supports you or is able to carry the household if you're working on a book, if you want to make writing a book your full-time job. You have to have some other way of keeping a roof over your head and food on the table right. and stuff like that. You have to have, you know, if you have kids, you have to have somebody who can help you take care of your kids and take care of your house and stuff like that. Like, so, you know, so it's a lot of hard work. And for people that, like, make writing their full-time job, there's definitely an element of privilege involved in that. Oh, for sure. And that's, they definitely pointed out the, the women I'm, I always ask to, um, one of the questions I always ask is how does your, you know, if, and how does your spouse support you? And so a lot of them, you know, it is that, well, they're, you know, they're working and they're telling me I don't have to worry about a job so I can focus on the writing, which they all acknowledge is, yeah, super privileged and they're super lucky. Um, and then a lot of times too, it's interesting, some of them, um, you know, a lot of them, they, they support by not getting involved, like it's their thing and they don't, you know, they don't read it, they don't, it's like they're kind of time and they do what they want with it. So there's lots of different ways to support too, I think. And there's the financial and the emotional is something we, uh, we actually touch on a lot because it's not always there and that can be a struggle. And it's something I, you know, when you think about the work it takes, you know, you're waking up early, you're, you're doing it after they go to bed. That's time you're not spending with a spouse and with friends and all that. So it's, it's, and I don't have an answer other than just lots of communication, right? Communicate, communicate, communicate. And when you think you've communicated enough, <laughs> do some more. Because yes, so it's, it's really that, you know, if it's laying out a schedule, doing this. So, you know, doing a big calendar saying everything everyone's going to do this week, like we had to, um, you know, for my son, so he's four and a half now, and been doing this since he was two. And, um, and, you know, it would be every night my, my husband would put him to bed. And that's what he did for a long time until the day he was like, could I actually have some hobbies too? And it was this whole like, you know, almost a fight. So I was like, well, I have to do this. And he's like, but I need to do stuff too. And I was like, oh, right, you do. So just, and talking about it. And I hadn't realized he was so, because I thought he liked it. You know, he didn't see our son during the day. So I'm doing the, the daycare run. So I thought, you know, he wanted that time. He also wanted to, you know do other stuff like right. me so right. making sure that um you know you're aware of that and I think setting those expectations yeah is important because then you can have that conversation um if you go in thinking yeah I can do it in a weekend then by Tuesday it'll be fine but if you approach and saying all right I have this idea I'm going to write this book NaNoWriMo is a great example it's a really good kind of trial uh, have a couple of women on the on the podcast who've talked about it, how, you know, they prep, they did their meal prep before and they kind of just let go of things not being organic the month that they were doing it, things like that. And it'd be different when dad does it, but, you know, just preparing them and having that conversation. And then they were able to focus on it because they, they had that conversation. Yes. I mean, the older, the older I get, the more I realize that um, a room of, a room of her own by Virginia Woolf, a room of mm -hmm. one's own. I mean, when I read that, I took it so literally. Like, 
literally need a room of their own in which to write and do their thing. But the older I get, the more I realize that it's like also figurative. Like, we, you know, women need like the figurative room of their own, their mental space, mm-hmm. emotional space. To like do the things that they want to do, mm-hmm, you know, sure. feel bad about what they might be sacrificing. Oh, for sure. And I'm always the first to say. I mean, my husband, he, and it's it's been little by little over the past couple of years. And you know, I don't even want to say I'm lucky because it's if you're communicating, it's kind of how it should be. But it's the um, you know, he does a lot of cooking because he works from home a lot more. So he's like, of course, you know, he can start dinner. He does a lot of the laundry. He does a lot more around the house partly because he just cares if things are messy and I don't care. So I'm like, well, the person who cares should be the one to, to do the cleaning because I, I do not care. But it's, um, it's that kind of thing too where, um, you know, he knows that he's going to do more of that. And it's something we've, you know, talked about. Um, yeah, we just bought a house last year too. So now there's a little bit more that I have to do a little bit more, which is also me needing to figure out our time. But it's um, a lot of that mental space. And I know you've probably talked about this and, it's been all over the place, you know, the mental load and things like that. And I actually have way less of a mental load, I think, than other moms and not quite sure how to get at that for, for the community yet. But just that, that thinking of like, well, okay, do you have to be the one to do the shopping and, and you know, let go of more? Mm-hmm. And then, that you know, I, of course, he meal plans and he spends way more on groceries than I would, which I am okay with, <laughs> more or less. But it's like, well, okay, do I want to spend the time doing that or... Now I can spend it writing. So it's that kind of thing where it's a lot of that letting go and having that mental space, that mental room for um, doing what you want to do. And you, I think you, I think people would be surprised. I mean, I I hear about so many different situations. A lot of the time it's, you know, uh, partners who work, um, you know, really long hours, uh, really um, non-traditional hours, things like that. So it's um, not possible and they are doing, you know, and they are alone, um, you know, without, without someone there in the house for, you know, 14 hours a day, things like that. So those are different situations. And it's, and I never want to say like, Oh, you should just ask them to do more laundry. Like I know that's not (laughs) the right solution for everyone, but just, I really try to acknowledge as much as possible in the show and in the community that, you know, my life is set up in a way that I'm able to do a lot more than others. And so when I was started the podcast, I knew I was in a position um, to be able to do it and not need to, you know, worry about there being any income from it, things like that, because I have other ways to, to, to support myself and things like that. So I think that's important too, is when, um, you know, you're in a position to be able to, to give that to others who might not have the time or mental space to, to focus on it is something that I'm really happy I'm able to do. Well, definitely. I mean, if you're looking for a guest to fill in all those holes of what it looks like <laughs> on the other side, yeah. <laughs> I am happy because this is something my husband and I have struggled with mm-hmm. tremendously over the past few years. And, you know, to add to that, um, but that you're so, so right on the communication thing, but to add to that, like, he is so not a creative, he is mm. an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> he does numbers and spreadsheets and I am just like this big like enigma to him mm-hmm. and you know um ADHD doesn't help things I'm sure but um you know it, it, the, all these things that you were just talking about you know how you uh, how you work those things and how you communicate about them and and communicate not communicate um what's the word compromise and all those mm-hmm. types of things. like it's a it's something that I am still trying to learn yeah. And, and working with him on and he's trying to learn, but it is, 
it is a it is a real struggle um, for a lot of people. So you're, I would say, you are very lucky. And while mm-hmm. you were speaking, I was wondering if you're like a decade younger than me because I think <laughs> this is a problem. It's like there is some generational, yeah, and it's in HR. We yeah, yeah, I try not to look at. Approaching it from an HR perspective, we, we talk about it all the time, right? Millennials in the workforce and how and now we're worrying about Z and I'm just like, oh, I can't even handle that right now. But it's, <laughs> I, there was a wonderful, wonderful um, presentation I went to last summer at a, for my work work um, where they were talking about, you know, uh, things that are normal for one ger- generation or triggers for another and things like that, where how, you know, millennials are really asking for a lot of this training and things like that um, versus, um, so for Xers, they're kind of like, why would you need that? So it's like a... <laughs> And, and so talking about, you know, different voices and things like that, it's um, um, just because I just listened to your episode about um, when you were talking to the, uh, what I want my white mom friends to know that episode uh-huh. that came out and just the idea that just putting it in someone's mind, like, hey, this person has a different life experience than you. Right. And so, so that applies to generations as well, too. Right. So not kind of right. brushing them off as like, you know, oh, the boomers are going to do this because they're, you know, just old and, and annoying and the Xers are like this because of whatever in the village. More than that, just ex- acknowledge like, well, they lived a different life than you, you know, when you were growing up, this was happening, you know, the Russians were the enemy. And then now for the this generation disease, it's going to be, um, you know, totally different part of the world, things like that. So just acknowledging that the things that were in the news and the way you grew up are different. And that means you're going to react differently. So with my husband is it's partly millennial. He is French. So there is also an added cultural layer to that, which is like, (laughs) which is like interesting. And I lived in France for eight years. So it's like, I know I understand more, but yeah, just in terms of the husband. So that thing I do keep in mind, you know, there, but for me, it always comes down to expectations. So it's that, and your expectations are set on your life experience. And so, so you know, and if you're, you're, if you just lay them out and, you know, for a lot of, even of, of my generation, but it's, you know, there was that expectation because they grew up seeing their mom at home and their dad working that for, for a spouse, you know, if your husband, he might expect that he might not say it out loud, yep. but then that's where the frustration comes in. And I think there's a lot of not at all a marriage counselor, nothing like that. But what I see in a lot of the posts and a lot of the frustration it comes from, you know, and even with my own husband, it was, he expected I would write one book and then I'd be done. And I didn't tell him that, well, actually, no, I think I'm going to write a lot more. And then once that was out in the air, he's like, oh, okay, so then what does that look like? You know, so it's more, if the husband has that expectation, well, you're going to do this, this, and this, and you don't, then that's where the frustration comes from. And he might not even like know why he expects that or why he, you know, or why he's mad that you didn't, you know, I read the, there's that great book, Love Languages, which, yeah. you know, is, is all about just what do they need, right? And you're like, well, I'm giving you all this time. So I don't want time. I want you know, presence or whatever, you know, just the way that people expect, um, you know, set their expectations and set their needs and stuff. So it's just conversations and it's, it's hard. And again, and I'm not at all a marriage counselor, therapist or anything, but even from, again, from the HR business perspective, it's like you said, so you have a new employee, you set expectations. All right. You're going to do this within three months. And if you don't, you know, then let's talk about it and how can we get you there? And if not, then you're fired and you can't fire your husband quite that easily. So hopefully you keep working through it. But coming at it from this HR mindset, um, I know Jen from my, my podcast corner, she loves that because she's like, oh, yeah, because we never would have, like I talk all the time about expectations because we talk about all the time at work. So it's completely natural for me to talk about them. And I'm just, since it's not for others, then I figure I'll just keep talking about them and maybe it'll spark something for, and help somebody. 
I think it's good. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we interview some so many different people from so many different backgrounds and voices is, mm-hmm. is, that, is this whole idea that um, the more you can understand something about a person and where they come from and all this kind of stuff, the better you can be kind, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the better you yeah. can get more understanding of them. And, and I, and it's, it's, it's true even with spouses. I mean, my husband was raised upstate New York. I was raised all over the world and mm-hmm. we just, everything we do, we approach from a completely different, um, yeah. to completely different way. So, you know, that has to come into consideration into how we do everything, including mm-hmm. manage my writing time. Cause, mm-hmm. and writers, as you know, like, we just want to write all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't work that way. Like you said, with Joanna Penn, like I'm so jealous of these writers that are full-time writers that are, you know, taking these writer retreats at the beach or in a castle in a chateau, you know, mm-hmm. in a chateau in France or, you know, wherever. And it's like, okay, that's so not my life. <laughs> I know. It's, it's I mean, hard. And it's, yeah. I think that, you know, I'm only, you know, my mom writes poems and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, like now is the time. I mean, you're not getting any younger. All your kids are out of the house. Like, what are you doing? Like, I would love to have the time that you have. I mean, she works all time, but she's like not driving anybody to soccer at the school. She's not like, meal planning and like having the grocery shop like every four days and stuff like that. I'm like, write your poems, start sending them out, do something, what are you doing, you know, because it's this huge luxury, and a lot of times I think, you know, like, that would be one of my goals for when my kids are out of the house, like, I have just accepted the fact that there are certain things that I would like to do, but I cannot do them until my kids are grown and flown, you know, like, so if you want to go on a writing retreat in a castle in France, you might have to do it when you're 60 or 70. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, it's hard, I think, to accept that. And I think part of, part of, and I see this with new, so we were some of the first of our friends to have kids. So we, you know, we get all the questions and all that. And, and part of it was, you know, it's setting those expectations for it, what life is like. And I think you get frustrated when you think, oh, I thought life with kids was going to be, you know, having this nice dinners every night together at the table and this and this. And what it really is, is someone, you know, screaming, refusing to eat their mac and cheese, even though they've eaten it every other day of their life and things like this. So it's, you know, it's that reset in your mind, I think of, um, yeah, I thought, you know, oh, great. And I, um, yeah, I'd be able to go on these writing retreats and all this and all this. And just that process, I think, of accepting, yeah. you know, it's going yeah. to be different than what I expected yeah. is is hard. And I'm, you know, not there for a lot of it. But I think it's, um, you know, and it's easy to say, especially if it's not something so important to you, it's easy to look at someone else and say, like, oh, we should just be able to, to get over it. But it's actually, that's what you really thought your life was going to be like. You know, we tell ourselves these stories. We're, you know, we're storytellers and you picture this life. You know, even me, like I, you know, when I was pregnant, I pictured having a girl. And then when I had a, find out I was having a boy, that took a long, you know, time to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what is my life? <laughs> so it just totally changed, like, how you, so, so those kinds of things. So yes, it was a writer. Yes, expecting that full-time writer equals, you know, being able to do X, Y, Z, you know, those are, those expectations are set by what we see, you know, other people doing, the, the loudest voices and all that. So to circle all the way back to, you know, indie author moms, giving them a voice, it's to show them another example and to yeah. set their expectations properly and maybe a little more realistically. So there's less disappointment. And again, not because you can't do all the things, but setting the realistic expectations of how and when. Yeah. And, and, and you definitely have to, um, 
you know, speak up and like make your desires and wishes known along with the expectations mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't know if the right word is demand or command respect, <laughs> but like, you know, whether you're writing because you want to make an income or because it's a hobby, mm-hmm. your partner or your spouse needs to respect that. Like it's like not some like frivolous thing. I think about um, Sarah Hartley, who mm-hmm. is, the, um, the publisher of Holland Lane, she actually goes to a hotel room by herself for the weekend when it's time for her to like lay out her magazine and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that like that is like a situation where you have to be like, look, I need to be by myself for three days so I can get this magazine yeah. out. So I am going to a hotel room mm-hmm. and it would be pretty, you know, pretty bad if her husband was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, well, it's his expectations, right? So he was like, well, I was expecting this weekend we would be doing this or this or this. So it's that's where the, yeah, that communication comes in. It's like, I don't, yeah. I think the respect comes from a lot of times too. And I, just, I come back to it all the time, but it's it's respecting the way you spend your time. Yes, to a certain extent that, that they expect you, well, from their experience and their expectations that, you know, spouses are allowed to have their own pursuits. And if you have been telling yourself the story or a life where, no, you know what, husband and wife have to do everything together all the time, and that's just an expectation that needs to be reset or discussed or, or something. And it's, it's hard because I think you don't know, you know, in marriage. So now we've, how long have we been together? 10 years? I don't know. 12 years? I don't know how long have I been with my husband. But we've been together a long time. So it's kind of interesting, obviously, when we were 21, what we thought our lives were going to be like versus yeah. now. Yeah. And so it's just um, resetting all the time and acknowledging that, you know, what you thought you were going to do, it can change. And, you know, for the for that husband, you know, he may be, Took, it took him maybe some time to, to get to that place of respecting that she needed that time because it wasn't what he was expecting he would, he would have to do with his or his life would look like, I guess, if that makes sense. So it's your own expectations and respect, but then also recognizing that the other person might not be expecting the same thing from you because um, they have their own, you know, story in their head that they've been imagining. So, yeah. Okay. okay I, my husband and I, def- like, he understands that, like, I am a person that, needs to have alone time and mm-hmm. I about that about him I mean like our marriage would be so different if he like didn't understand me in that way mm-hmm. and I you know push him to do the same thing but I'm like you need to go and like do something without us like go hang out with your old friend <laughs> yeah. um, so, like I you know and, yeah but I was thinking about how um I wonder if women um bear more of the emotional load in making sure that both spouses get what they need. Like, I'm not sure if I didn't push my husband to go and hang out with his friends and do something on his own if he would do it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah, and I think, you know, and I'm, women and men are different, and I think part of, too, a lot of the the discussions that can happen around, um, around the different roles, it comes from the idea that, you know, it should be equal and, and, and all this. And it's like, well, it's more about the, the needs, right. And the abilities of each, right. So if you need that alone time, it's, you know, it, it, even if you get more than your husband, that's okay. Cause you need more. Like it's that kind of thing too, I think. So for the woman having that more of that role to think about what the other one wants, it's, um, and that mental load, I feel like it's, it's not necessarily 
always, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, this mental load, it is bad in the sense where like we do have this society, it's more of, I think, a societal pressure because obviously once, you know, men are given the opportunity, they can totally do it. So it's nothing biological, it's more societal, but at the same time, recognizing that there will be an unbalance and, and that's okay, I yeah. think, and we can always work, you know, to, to make it, but as long as it's unbalanced because it's meeting each one's needs rather than what society is saying, like one should do and one, you know, one shouldn't do this and one should do that. I think that's where, um, you know, it can be okay. So, so yeah. So the fact that, um, uh, you know, my husband does more of the cooking and the cleaning and all that, like we, we don't care. Like he does way more than me. It's not 50, 50. It's not me doing it every other night and him doing, you know, it's him more for sure. And that's, and that's fine because that's what we need and that's what our life situation can bring to it versus us trying to get that perfect. Like right. we get exactly the same thing. I get, I have way more writing time and, you know, and, you know, creative time than he has for his hobbies because mine take more time. So, um, you are a fiction writer. What mm-hmm. is your, what, what do you write? What genre are you writing on? So right now I am uh, focusing on romance more. So what, both YA sweet romance and then adult. Um, actually this year, I think I'll do more adult sweet. Um, I started with science fiction. I write a lot under the same Daphne James Huff pen name. So it's maybe not a good idea, but it's mainly right now YA um, and adult, kind of the sweeter side of romance. Cause that's, you know, that's, I don't know. It's what I like right now. And I have all these sci-fi ideas in my head though, that I need to kind of get out some way. So <laughs> how, many, how many books have you published now? At this point? So let's see. So I just released one yesterday. So I'm awesome. but that was my six. I think. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I have a lot, a lot of ideas and a lot of, you know. How long did it take you to write a book? So now, I mean, now it takes me about, um, I give myself about a month, two months for the first draft and editing and then a month kind of buffer time and then the release the month after. So part of what's nice about writing romance and why I switch to is there's less like world building and I don't have to like invent names for rivers and mountains and all this. But, um, and also there's, definite beats and I know how it's going to end it's going to be happily ever after so it's like I don't have to worry about that (laughs) like it's easier for me at least I know for other people it's harder because how do you keep writing happily ever after and it being um new and different and everything um and I love when I read them I'm like I know it's going to end well but I have to keep reading because what if this is the one romance book that does like that tension you know is really hard to to create there but it's nice the beats are all laid out there's tons of like resources you know I'm in RWA so like all sorts of support for that which is nice and just kind of um uh, it goes faster because you know what needs to happen, right? Like they need to meet and then they need to have the fight and then they need to make up. But, you know, it's like all like, so as a mom too, it's like, oof, I, my less brain is used on thinking of everything that has to happen in the book and more just on like the fun, like actually writing it versus on my sci-fi book, I had to think of, you know, you know, it's a dystopian. So it's all like, oh, I need to think of the names for the, you know, the towns and the history, what happened in the world and all this and all this. And it took forever. And now it's like, Romance has been a nice break the past couple of years of like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. like nice and easy and fun to, fun to write. So. Well, that's great. Yeah. We will make sure we post the link to your author page so that oh, thank you. your books, but mm-hmm. um, well, I appreciate you taking the time today and where is the best, uh, you said you have a podcast and a group for, mm-hmm. for moms who are writing. So make yeah. sure you tell everybody where to find you. Sure. So the podcast is Writer Mom Life. It's on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. And then the Facebook group is just Writer Mom Life. And on Twitter, it's Writer Mom Life. And then Instagram, it's Writer Mom Life Podcast. Because Writer Mom Life was taken. And I was very upset. And I was going to message them because they don't, they have like no posts. And I was like, can you just give me the thing? Because 
that's so anyway, annoying. Writer Mom Life podcast. So uh, on Instagram. Well, thank you. I know you have thank to get to work. You to take day. And um, just, you know, have we will send people your way. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.